1: All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by the Falcoholics, Kevin Knight. We are here to talk about Falcons training camp. We're going to go a little bit over the first week and sort of what we're going to be looking forward to in this second week of training camp on today's episode. You are locked on Falcons, your daily podcast on the Atlanta Falcons,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, Kevin, welcome back to the show. Uh, last time we chatted, we were talking quite a bit about Forrest Lamp. Unfortunately, uh, Forrest Lamp's uh, rookie season is derailed in San Diego, but, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, I know he was a guy before the draft that we sort of were locked on, maybe, you know, not pun, <laughs> pun intended. Um <laughs> in in terms of uh looking at him but uh i'm I'm curious maybe if you had any thoughts on sort of his uh struggles in san diego
0: yeah i mean it's sad uh he was definitely the guy that i wanted the falcons to go after um you know i'm not upset that we got tack i think tack is really just an awesome person in addition to being a very intriguing pass rushing prospect but um yeah i mean it, it sucks for lamp um and uh you know hopefully he can come back healthy next year but um you know, uh please don't at me with your oh, I'm so glad we didn't draft four slam takes, okay, so uh <laughs> let's not do that guys uh, yeah. but yeah it's it's sad, it's sad, uh, yeah. I think I thought he was gonna be a good one, so
1: yeah yeah i, I thought you know San Diego really needs some help on that offensive line, I thought he would be in a great position to really help them out, but uh. Unfortunately, they just seem to not be able to catch a break. Whenever they add talent to the roster, it immediately gets injured. So,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the, the Saints just cut Orlando Frank uh, Orlando Franklin, so you know they they can get him right back.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I called him San Diego. I'm gonna, I'm going to keep doing that. It's, it's not going to stop. Yeah, it's going to be like yeah. four years before I call him L.A. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: All right, so football is back. As we, you know, yet last night as we are recording this, the Hall of Fame game happened with the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Apparently the Cowboys wound up winning that game. I did not pay it, watch it to the end, but uh, Arizona's um, quasi first second string, I guess, because it really they didn't have a whole lot of starters playing at least on offense um, sort of shredded the Cowboys quasi second string. So um, uh, Blaine Gabbert, you know, is, 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 has resurrected his career. He'll be in the running for MVP this season based off of that performance. I'm curious, Kevin, what were your thoughts of watching the bare minimum of football coming back and sort of does this sort of get the juices flowing for now that we know the football season is officially back?
0: I mean, it's it's always cool to have, you know, fresh NFL football being played, not not a rerun, not anything like that. Um, you know, this game in particular got boring after about 15 minutes. But, you know, it. I mean, it, it was interesting watching, you know, Blaine Gabbert, the GOAT, go out there and and shred the the Dallas Cowboys defense um I was I wasn't watching that closely because um, I was recording another show at the time but uh I I heard that they had quite a few starters and they're not necessarily the whole first string or anything like that but you know Taco Charlton was playing and um I heard he was kind of disappointing looked a little small um which you know I, I probably could have told you that uh and if we were still talking about the draft but um I mean, I think that the Cowboys potentially have some some serious issues, particularly in their secondary and with their pass rush. But you know, the Cardinals. I mean, Blaine Gabbert ran that offense uh, pretty pretty well for being the the first preseason game of the year, basically a week before anyone else is going to be playing. Um, they they you know they, it was actually looked like decent football for the first two Arizona drives where they were just carving them up. But uh, that ended quickly, and uh, after that, it was just a bunch of. Fumbles, strip sacks—you know the, the usual preseason fare. But yeah, it, it's nice. It's always nice to to have some football going, even if you're just kind of watching it in the background. And you know, obvious—I don't know that the the juices will get super flowing <laughs> until we see the Falcons play. But you know, it's uh, it is what it is. I'm happy football's back.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dallas had a couple of starters in their second. Well, no one really knows who's going to start for Dallas' secondary because it's been right. completely remade. But uh, I know they had um, a woozy. Um, starting, who, who is probably the most talented corner on that on that roster, if you don't count mm. Byron Jones. So he'll yeah. probably wind up starting, just because who else is going to start for them? Um, Nolan Carroll. I, you know, I I, I like Nor- Nolan Carroll, but uh, I, I understand his limitations as a player. Um, anyway, uh, let's let's move on to the Falcons. And, um, I just want to get your impressions on sort of this first week of action. I know there's been a lot of talk about Jalen Collins. I'm curious sort of where you sort of fall on that, but if, if there's any other things that you've been keeping your eye on during this first week, any impressions, any expectations you had going into it, I will give you a floor and you can talk about what you thought of week one of the Falcons training camp so far.
0: Yeah. I mean, to touch on Collins, I've, I think I've always been a bit higher on Collins than than the average person. Um, I think – I wrote an article um, kind of setting the stage for Collins uh, like right when – after Trufant got injured, um, kind of when it was – Basically, the interim time. So Collins had been active for a couple games, and he had to come in for Trufant after he went out. And he he you know had some encouraging plays against Mike Evans and things like that. So I was like, oh, you know, this is his chance to to make his mark. And I think we could say that he did make his mark last season. I mean, he wasn't necessarily an elite corner by any means, but I, I think you know at least uh early you know the 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 last couple games of the season and into the playoffs he was playing like a a number two corner and and matching up against some uh real quality receivers at times when he came up with those two picks I think uh towards the end of the season and um you know he's he's just a good solid run defender too at times um you know owing to his larger stature um so I I think Collins. I think his roster spot is safe you know it's it's always a little overblown especially this early in training camp when we're talking about you know hashtag busts but um <laughs> I, I i'm not worried about collins i think he just needs to be motivated um and you know i, I heard you guys you guys were talking about on, on the show yesterday i think um that you know it seems like maybe the the coaching staff has their favorites you know with um jerome henderson he likes olatoye coming over from dallas and um you know uh, Manuel likes <coughs> excuse me Manuel likes CJ Goodwin the converted wide receiver who is very intriguing I agree and if anyone was going to supplant Collins it would probably be Goodwin because you know they're the similar type of large big body corner that's going to match up on those large receivers but um you know we need to see some games we need to see some preseason games before we make any sweeping uh, generalizations about whether or not Collins is a bust but uh uh, sorry, Matt Chambers is way ahead of us on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> he just can't help himself with the bus talk. That's that's his brand. But yeah, uh pretty much, yes. Yeah, no. I'm I'm not too worried about Collins, but you know, he does have to be concerned because we do have some some players that are really stepping up and showing out. I mean, we we uh we mentioned Goodwin and he's, you know, we've heard that he's playing well in camp. I haven't personally been there and seen it, but you know, I'll take people's word for it. Um and the other guy, uh Demonte Casey, who's you know, probably going to slot in as the, the backup free safety and maybe a, a rotational slot corner at times as well. He's been balling over the past week, and um, you know that he might be a, a potential threat um, as a, a rotational guy. And I'm really interested to see how Quinn and, and company use him um, potentially as as a third safety, um, as a rotational player in the secondary. Um, because he offers you that versatility kind of like Alan did where he used to play corner. If he lines up at safety, he can also drop down into the slot and, and play that in a, in a pinch. So, um, that type of chess piece player, you know, with the, with the ball hawking skills that, that Casey has is, is very valuable, even if he's not, you know, the starter in name. Um, and you know, we, we kind of talked about it last night on the, uh, the Falcon Hawk live too, where, you know, being the starter. On this defense, the the named starter is not necessarily the most important thing because they rotate so much. I mean um, you know if if they come out in base, you could say, "Okay, well, you know Courtney upshaw's the starter, but <laughs> we all know that 's really not the case, even uh-huh. though he might have come into the game first, so it really it, it just matters who 's getting the meaningful snaps who 's playing who 's making plays, and it doesn 't matter if you 're getting thirty five percent or forty five or fifty five if you 're coming in and making plays, you know you 're going to be a valuable player on the defense so yeah. Um, let's see if there was anyone else that, oh, uh, Campbell, um, Devondre Campbell, he's been, um, pretty much fully transitioned to, to the Sam linebacker. And I was hearing that he was basically doing drills with the pass rushers now too. So I find that very intriguing because I'm not a big Philip Wheeler fan. Um, sorry to the, the three Falcons fans out there that are super big, uh, Philip Wheeler homers, but, uh, you know, at, at times last year, I kind of felt that Wheeler was, almost like a wasted player out there. Um, the one thing he did well was blitz. And, um, you know, I, I think that was useful at times. But just he did he just didn't make a lot of plays. And if you're going to run your base package and have that extra linebacker, you need to have that Sam linebacker be able to make some kind of impact. So I think Campbell's a, a much better player with a lot more upside. Um, and I think Campbell potentially offers a lot more end coverage as well, particularly on tight ends. And I think... Ideally, Quinn would like to see Campbell really develop in, in coverage on tight ends as well. Um, so when they put him in there against a tight end, he can he can really kind of try to take him out of the game. You know, as as a bigger, taller linebacker at six five, you know, he's uh, he's probably the best equipped to to guard tight ends on the team. So uh, I know they'd like to see that out of him. But encouraging so far uh, the news on his transition. But like I said, with with everyone else, we, we'll need to see it in the game first before we can make a, any big conclusions. So.
1: Very good. Um, I, I agree on uh, most of that, and what I don't agree with is nitpicky, so, um, <laughs> you know, I, I have to fight the the urge to nitpick on, on certain things, but um, yeah, and it's it's not necessarily major disagreements, but it's okay. like, that, oh yeah, Philip Wheeler made a, you
0: know,
1: he, he did a little bit better against the run than probably people realize, but you know.
0: Yeah, I know yeah. there was that one play against Philly. Uh, where he made that goal line stop, yeah. and it was right after I was talking mad trash about him, and then he made that play. So you know, I, yeah, yeah, he's definitely no. trying he, to embarrass me there. But, he yeah. he
1: did some positive things against the run, and but it, you're probably right that it it the overall perception of him is is neutral at best, just because whatever positives he had against the run sort of had negatives in other areas that sort of took away from that. So it ended up balancing him out being just a pretty mundane sort of contributor. And I, I agree a hundred percent on what you were saying with Campbell being a, a significant upgrade there. Um, I, you know, you know me, I'm just always argumentative just for the sake of being argumentative. So that it's I, the off
0: season, you know, so yeah. we had got, we got you something, right?
1: Yeah, no, but I, like, I think your point about seeing these guys in games is, is, is a very good point. And, um, you know, with that being said, uh, I do want to move to talk about what are you sort of expecting in this first preseason game, and whether some of those guys you just talked about will be able to uh, make an impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the the big one that a lot of us are going to be watching, at least the people that are really plugged in, is going to be right guard, because I think we're going to see Schweitzer and Garland get a get a ton of run, and I mean that quite literally, as in they're going to be running the ball behind Schweitzer and Garland uh, a lot, um, especially early on, um, just to, to test them out, really throw them in there, see what they can do. Um, you know, we, we've heard it's basically a tie at this point. So we'll, we'll probably see some form of the first team line play, at least I would say, um, at least a couple series, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take out um, Alex Mack and, and Matthews and Schrader to, to protect him after a certain point. But, you know, Garland is the backup center. So if they, if they want to see Garland get those reps at right guard, they, they, they need him. Uh, they need the, the first string center in there to make that happen. So, um, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see who gets the most run there and, and how they look particularly in pass pro because that was, that was Schweitzer's issue last season, not the run blocking. So curious about that. Um, and then, yeah, I, I'm really interested to see some of these young players get out there. Um, Duke Riley, I would I want to really see him next to Deion Jones. Um, we probably won't get a ton of that in, in the first game. But um, just seeing him out there, see, seeing him make plays, see how he can cover backs and tight ends and things like that. Um, you know, I, I have real high hopes for Riley. I think he's the the rookie that has the best shot to, to make a huge impact this year. The one that basically has the best chance of, of getting on the field early. So um definitely interested in seeing how how he pans out um yeah and and just watching the young guys you know um Saubert will get some chance I um, want to see how he's developing as a blocker uh we know he can catch and that he's a a, an athletic guy so definitely interested in, in watching that you know can we see Casey make make the plays he's been making in camp against players that aren't wearing Falcons jerseys um you know that that kind of stuff. I, I think there's definitely some intriguing things we'll see this week. Um, you know, I, I'm intrigued a little bit by by Alec Torgerson, uh, the the quarterback from Penn. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued by him. I, I, I think he might have some upside um, and have a chance to to compete for that third quarterback spot. Um, so I'm interested to see how he plays, see if he can pick up the offense. Um, and then the other guy that we've been hearing a lot about is is Reggie Davis, the the Georgia wide receiver. We've um, heard that he's been making a lot of plays in camp. He's been very consistent, which is kind of an, an interesting thing for an undrafted free agent. So we'll see if he can um, take those plays and put them on a, a bigger stage in an actual game. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll be definitely curious to see how many reps. I'll, I'll have to go back and, and look to see how many um, series that the starters played the last couple of preseasons in that first game. But I imagine you're probably right that we'll see at least the offensive line get two series, probably one with Schweitzer working with the the other four starters and one with Garland working with the other four starters at that right guard spot at the very minimum. We'll Mm -hmm. see if we get to see them a little bit longer and maybe after that point maybe shift to Garland back to center and then Schweitzer at right guard to sort of get him a little bit more. Uh, work there, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how um, everything stacks up. One of the things I always find interesting about the first preseason game, and really all the preseason games, um, you know, when the team releases their first depth chart and it gets picked apart, you know, the week of of the game, it's not really that accurate in terms of like being exactly. I mean, it's probably like seventy percent accurate, but it's mm-hmm. always those that thirty percent where it's like oh this player is not really with the second team this player is really with the fourth team or or this guy's listed as a left tackle but he's really playing right guard or something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm always curious to see one you know one of the things I always do when I watch the preseason game is is you know I don't do it live but try to look and see who's in the game at certain points cuz that really can sort of tell you where coaching staffs feel on some of these players if if this guy's working with the third team if this guy's working with the second team and all those sorts of and particularly on special teams I think seeing guys out there with that first special teams unit you know the quote unquote starters if you can call anybody on special teams that um, covering kicks and covering punts that usually tells you a good idea If someone's going to make the team, particularly if they're like an undrafted guy, because I know Brian Poole was out there last year. I know Robinson Therese, I think, was out there maybe the year before. Um, And it's always interesting to glean those things from the preseason where you can sort of be like, okay, this guy's probably the the coaching staff is a little higher on this guy than we probably have been hearing, or they may be a little bit lower on this guy than maybe we're hearing. And uh, I always find those things interesting when we get to the actual preseason game, which is part of the reason why I'm trying not to be as judgmental about all the reports and rumors about, you know, particularly the cornerback depth um, during this first week, you know, I'll I'll play the wait and see game once we get to the preseason. And it it may tell a completely different story than what, what some reports are saying right now. So we'll see how that goes, but uh,
0: yeah. 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 I mean, the cornerback depth is so, it's kind of amazing how quickly they've built it up. I mean, I'm remembering some of the Mike Smith years where it was like the third corner was Robert McLean, and then behind him it was just like a a vast gulf of emptiness. And it was like if any one of those guys has to get on the field, like they're giving up a touchdown in the first play, you know. Um, and <laughs> I was mentioning it, you know, earlier that like C.J. Goodwin might be like the the third best corner on the Saints, you know, <laughs> like he might yeah. be a starter for them. So to have that guy as like your fourth or fifth corner, that that's just crazy. So props to Quinn and the staff for really finding some like a lot of diamonds in the rough. I mean, if we think about it last year, they found three guys kind of out of nowhere. I mean, with, with Goodwin, who was a wide receiver. I mean, no one saw that coming. Um, you know, Olatoya, they picked up, you know, off, off a free agency later on. And he looked, you know, competent uh, at times last season. And then, um, pool who they just pulled in as an undrafted free agent. And he, you know, basically started almost the whole season. So, uh, the one thing about this staff that, you know, we've clear we've said it before, but that they just have a real knack for finding contributors that are just kind of scraps from other teams. I mean, it's kind of one of those things like what New England does. They just oh, they some team cuts a guy and we're like, oh, that guy's a bum, and then New England signs him and he's a pro bowler. So <laughs> we haven't gotten any anything like that yet from from these guys. But just getting these depth pieces that were so elusive during the Mike Smith years. I mean, that's that's really nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's definitely You know, what what plays into it, I think, is their willingness to gamble on athletic potential um, and and sort of getting, you know, you see it with Goodwin moving positions. You see it with all these tight end, former tight ends now playing offensive tackle for the five with D.J.T. (laughs) Lavea, Brunskill, uh, the undrafted rookie out of San Diego State, was a tight end for his first three years. Um, Will Freeman was a defensive tackle for his first three years at Southern Miss before he moved to offensive tackle last year. And uh, we saw we saw it when they they brought in guys like uh, who was it Jared Smith? I feel like there's another offensive line defensive line Oh Bing Garland obviously mm-hmm. yeah. um, so it's it's one of those things where it's like you know they they seem to be borrowing from Seattle in terms of that thing that Seattle always did with sort of moving players around and saying we'll just put athletes in at positions and we'll figure it out later And uh, it worked for Seattle very early on hasn't quite sort of worked out for them in in a lot of ways in recent years with some of the movement that they've been trying with some of the draft picks they've had but it seems like you know at least through this early uh stretch of the Dan Quinn era and hopefully it will continue um into the future but they they seem to be getting some um positive results from sort of shifting positions and, and whatnot in the you know, the cross-training, which I, for some reason people hated when Mike Smith did it. But apparently it's great when Dan Quinn does it because
0: I guess it gets <laughs> results. So, Yeah, you know, if it gets results, people tend to to change their opinion on that. But, yeah. you know, with, with Seattle, I think their problem was they were like, oh, this worked out. OK, so we don't need to invest draft picks anymore. OK. <laughs> yeah. And they just ignored offensive line for like three straight years. And, uh, you know, we saw how well that worked out for them. It looks like the Falcons maybe are, are taking a different ap- approach, you know, with Harlow. Just kind of, oh, we'll take an offensive lineman every year and we'll just work them in. So uh, I think that's probably a better strategy in the long term.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like Seattle's a lot more willing to use a draft pick on a project than Atlanta has been. Atlanta tends to seem like it, they're a little bit more like, we'll wait till the undrafted market. We'll we'll try to get someone that's a little bit more tried and true with the draft pick. And Seattle's just like, who cares? T- just take the best yeah. athlete... Oh, uh, you know who who tested best? So, oh, do you see that broad jump? Or do you see that three cone? He, he's our fifth round pick or something like that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know I think that's um, you know maybe if I could say anything positive about Thomas Dimitrov, maybe that's the uh, the the Thomas Dimitrov Scott Pioli influence sort of not getting them too crazy with the athleticism and whatnot that you see in Seattle. So, yeah. All right, before we wrap this thing up, I do want to mention to all the listeners that if they want to get prepared for their fantasy football drafts, then they should check out Locked On Fantasy Football on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find at audioboom.com.
0: What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal.
1: Um, All right, Kevin, I don't have anything else specific that I want to ask you about, but I will give you the floor if you have any other topics that you would like to air um, before I concede that you can plug uh, the live show that I know you do and the website that you happen to write for, which uh, I'm not too happy with right now because um, (laughs) Matt Chambers, really. But I I was uh, was trying to drum up some drama. So, yeah,
0: you guys are feuding. You guys yeah. are feuding hardcore right now. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's okay, you know, we can my show and your show can be friends. That's okay. fine. Uh, <laughs> you can just go around Matt Chambers. Okay. That one. I appreciate he, that. He still hasn't come on my show, so you know, I don't know what the problem is, but he's you know, he thinks my show's a bust. So you you know, Matt, when he yeah. thinks something's a bust, he just moves he just moves on immediately. So much, yeah. um Yeah, um no, I'm just I'm just excited, you know, we're we're finally getting back into um you know real football real topics that actually matter uh you know and no more off season articles about you know who was the the greatest undrafted player ever taken on this day in history or something like that so um ready to ready to get back to real football um just kind of ready to move on from this off season you know we, we i won't i won't say what i'm referring to exactly but i think we can all uh, infer my meaning there we just need to get into a new season and and get going and hopefully get towards uh get towards a uh, you know defending our, our conference title here and you know hopefully all things break right and we and we enjoy a similar level of success this year uh you know i think the team is is Really talented, and this might be the most talented defense they've had since the 90s. I mean, they, they have the personnel to really be a, a very good defense. We just have to see if they can put it all together. I mean, um, you know, if they can play like they did towards the end of last season. Uh, not the very end, but, you know, most of the end of last season. Uh, did something happen at the end of the season? You, I don't know. I,
1: I, yeah.
0: yeah, I blacked out after the NFC Championship. <laughs> I don't remember anything after that. But uh, <laughs> just... You know, they have the, all the potential in the world, you know, obviously injuries are the great equalizer, and we just have to cross our fingers that they can make it through the season relatively healthy, but, uh, I mean, this team has all the potential in the world, we, you know, this, this might be the most talented team, Falcons team we've ever seen, um, and, you know, I, I have high hopes, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I have, I have high hopes for this team, and I'll be disappointed if they, uh, if they fall short, but, you know, we're Falcons fans, so maybe we should be, pre- be prepared for that eventuality, uh, I, that but would yeah, be I, my advice as someone who's be been fun. a Falcon fan for 25 years. That would be my yeah. advice.
1: Expect disappointment, but uh, hope for the best. Or no, I don't know. Disappointment is not, that's too strong a word. But I think you should expect the team to be good. But I don't know. I, I would be a little hesitant to start talking Super Bowl uh, until until at least maybe Thanksgiving, depending yeah. on how the team looks.
0: Right, you know, and, you know, a lot of things can happen. Like I said, injuries, the great equalizer. I mean, you know, that's a big reason, and, you know, Devondre Campbell might disagree, but that's a big reason why the Panthers, you know, had so much trouble this last season was they just, their offensive line got decimated by injuries. I mean, they were playing Geno Grodkowski, and then he got hurt, so it, <laughs> I mean, we love Geno, right, but, you know, he that's not someone you want on the field for any extended amount of time, so... um. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think they—if they don't make the playoffs—people would be pretty, pretty upset about that. But you know, it's definitely too early to be talking about—is this team going to compete for a Super Bowl? So um, let's just, just hope that they uh, continue to play well and continue to be entertaining. I mean, even when they were losing last year, the team was entertaining. So uh, I, I just hope that it's a, it's a fun product. And you know, honestly, I think we all thought last year was going to be. You know, nine and seven, eight and eight year, where they they kind of look better, but doesn't it doesn't really translate. And you know, it was kind of a year early, to be honest with you. So, who knows what's going to happen this year? And um, I think a lot of people figured the 2017 was going to be the year the team was competitive. So, just fingers crossed uh, for for health. And you know, we'll just take it from there, take it one game at a time, as Quinn likes to say. Yeah. All right,
1: Kevin, um, let the people know, uh, when they can check out your show, which is, you know, now BFFs with this show, um, <laughs> and where they can find you on Twitter.
0: Yeah. Uh, you guys can check out my show. It's called the Falcoholic live. Uh, we go live either on Wednesdays or Thursdays at eight, 10 PM, uh, on the Falcoholics Facebook page. Um, you can also watch, if you don't have Facebook, you can watch it from the Falcoholic website. We do an article embed on there. Um, Last, last night we did an episode uh, recapping last week of training camp. so if you're if you're interested in that kind of coverage, uh, you can go on there. We had DW and uh, we had Charles McDonald on there and some some fun guests. So it's always a ho- it's always a hoot we have a good time. it's it's a little bit more casual and uh, we always take questions throughout the show as well. So if you' got questions, you got hot takes, you want to get to us, uh, definitely check that out. Um, like Aaron said, I also write for the Falcoholic. Um, not going to be anything from me on there, uh, too much over the next week, uh, cause I'm moving, but after that, I'm going to be going, um, you know, four to five articles a week. Um, you can check out, uh, on Monday, I'll have an article up, uh, breaking down the dolphins and the Falcons and, and looking at their statistical, uh, production from last year and comparing the two. So you can check out that one, but, uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, just, um, doing the, the slow march towards actual real football that matters. So, uh check that out.
1: All right, man. I appreciate you coming on and giving me your time and, and talking Falcons football with me. I will definitely be talking to you um later this summer and in, in the regular season. So hopefully everything hopefully next time you're on we're we're talking about how the team is is certainly living up to the expectations as opposed to the the alternative, I guess.
0: Yep. Hopefully uh we won't be having a Matt Matt Ryan versus Matt Schaub debate like last year. So <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed that so much. <laughs> that was that was fun. Just trolling.
0: Uh, oh man, about yeah. uh, Matt Shop uh, Yeah, you can't make that up. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much for having me on. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Goodbye. All
1: right, guys. That's the show. Uh, Saturday episode, I guess. Uh, you know, I, that horrible, horrible outro I had on yesterday's show. Um, that terribleness um didn't know if i would do another show this week but uh i was able to get kevin on and uh just talk a little bit you know getting another perspective on the first week of a uh, training camp and also sort of pivoting a little bit to the next week we'll certainly get a little bit more in depth into the um falcons dolphins pre uh preseason game i might even get uh, a dolphins person to come on the show and talk a little bit about that next week. I'll, I'll start sending out um, emails and whatnot to try to see if I can line that up. And uh, that's what you can expect next week. As usual, I will say that I will promise the Saints show, but we'll probably not deliver on it. But I do want to get a, a Saints uh, off-season review slash 2017 preview up before the regular season starts. And uh, slowly that's that's inching a little bit closer. And uh, that's what you can expect in the coming days. We'll continue to keep you updated, uh, if not daily, but on a nearly daily basis on the latest happenings in, in Falcons training camp. All as usual, you can send in your questions, comments, suggestions, whatever. Um, the best way of doing that, you can do it on Twitter at Falcons. My Twitter handle is FalcFans. You just let me know it's a podcast-related issue or topic or question, as opposed to a general one, and if um, you don't like 140 character limits, or you're one of those people that's not on Twitter, um, which kudos to you—you uh, you know, you're probably better than most of us. Um, <laughs> you, you can uh, send an email at lockedonfalcons at mail There is a Facebook page, Locked On Falcons. That's another great place. To uh, get in contact with myself and the show. Um, Audioboom.com. Leave a comment. Falkfans.com. Leave a comment. The show is posted daily there. Um, What else? Oh, iTunes reviews. Um, Let me check and see if there's an iTunes review. Well, iTunes is a great way of um, letting me know how you feel about the show. Where where areas where I'm doing well or where I'm doing not so well. Uh, I, I feel like... I'm doing a better job, but I'm getting less feedback from iTunes, uh, at least from in terms of the reviews. And why would you do an iTunes review? Well, it helps more people find the show if you guys give out more five-star reviews and whatnot. And um, it also gives me that feedback. I will read them on the air. Oh, oh, look. Guess what? There's an iTunes review. That's great. That's wonderful. I appreciate H.V. Show. Uh, sending this one it's a couple of days old Uh, i don't check as often because no one keeps sending these things in but uh, his is a five-star review titled since aaron freeman keeps reiterating to give this great podcast a review i will he says or she says i don't know i've been listening to aaron freeman do a great job since the days of the original Falcoholic podcast which is why that other podcast is doing so well I always enjoy listening to the Locked On Falcons every day, and it's always a treat to get a good laugh from Falcons content. The last episode I really enjoyed was the Chicken Wings Day and the ice cream truck playing in the background. It was hilarious. I laughed for 10 minutes on that alone. Then Joseph raging you about the infamous USS Babs was great. Uh, Now let's see... How Babs' number is astutely represented by Jack Crawford. Fingers crossed. Needless to say, you always have a fan in me as you continue to sit in the to set in the bar very high for Falcons Nation. P.S. Sit in the bar. That's what he said. I don't, I don't know. P.S. I think the fan talks are great, and I hope to join you one day. P.S.S. P.S.S. Okay. Postscript. Script. I don't know. Is it P.P.S. or P.S.S. I don't know. I haven't. Lit- I ha- literally haven't written a letter in, in, in 30 years. Uh, I was waiting a long time for the Eric Salbert podcast because, of course, he's the next Rob Gronkowski. Oh, how I love the off season! Uh, crying emoji. P.S.S.S. Can't wait for the season to start. It's going to be an epic year. So please continue doing the podcast well into the season. Thanks. Well, thank you, HB Shal. I'm assuming you're a dude because. Apparently, the analytics tell me that most of the people listening to the show are, are guys. Yeah, thank you for the, the positive review. Uh, the ice cream truck thing, I was laughing for 10 minutes afterwards as well. So, uh, it was just really silly how that whole situation went down. I don't think that's going to be a problem in future episodes, at least for the next week or so. Um, I'm staying at somebody else's place for another week. And uh, as, as far as I know, there haven't been any ice cream trucks and it's a lot quieter neighborhood. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually we'll probably get back. I'll, I'll go back to my place and, and have to deal with the ice cream truck. So, um, we'll see how that goes. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, please send in more iTunes reviews. I appreciate them. I always enjoy reading them and, uh, it helps more people find the show. As I said, so, uh, do that. We'll be back again next week. Talking more Falcons camp. We'll be talking about the upcoming preseason game. I will look up to see, how long we can expect the starters to be in, based off of the last two summers, in terms of who's getting reps in the first game? Um, you know, I think we will see our starters. I don't know if Miami's going to see their starters. I would like to see one of these guys go up against Sue. That would be a very good litmus test to seeing who's ready to be the right guard. Um, but uh, if if Sue doesn't play, I mean, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be totally disappointed because I, you know, I don't want my eyes to bleed. <laughs> You know, who knows? Maybe maybe Wes Schweitzer or Ben Garland would do really well. Ben Garland played really well against Kawan Short last year in that uh, Week 16 game. So, uh, who knows? Um, But I've seen what Indomitian Sue does to um, untested uh, right guards for the Falcons. Infamously, what he did to Peter Kahn's back in, was it, 2012? I can't remember what year it was, but it wasn't pretty. Um, so there's that. Uh, all right, guys, I, I, I'll stop dragging this thing out and, uh, I will see you in a couple of days. All right.
0: You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your
1: team every day.
0: What you doing? running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff by singing dog Bye, goal.